Welcome to The Living Word with me, Sarah Ajala Emmanuel. I trust it is well with everyone, to the glory of our God. I want to continue and hopefully conclude our study of Matthew chapter 23. We're studying from verse 1 to 28. And so far, we have gone as far in, in the last two sessions, we've gone as far as uh, verse 15, because there is a lot to say. Because these are the words of our sovereign Lord himself. The Lord who alone is our Redeemer. The Lord Jesus Christ who alone is our Savior. The Lord who alone is our God and our Father in heaven. And these are his words to protect us. Those of us that he redeemed but with his own blood. These are his very words to us as warnings. And it really grieves my soul and saddens my spirit when I look around us today at what is going on. And um, we've got Christianity, something of a social club of sorts. And every person is coming up, male and female, coming up and setting up what they like and calling it Christianity and doing it how they want. And um, we have the religious setups. You know, the, 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 the very big ones like the Roman Catholic Church, uh, the Anglican Church, who all come out and, and who have been set up and they just practice religion without any reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ, no relation to him whatsoever because their practices are not in obedience to his words. Now, we have the same thing with individuals now, loads of individuals setting up churches. It would appear that anyone who has not been able to make a, make a head start in their career or make a success of it or something, they just, or, or just sheer greed for the love of money. People just come on and say they're a pastor or something and they set up a church of sorts. And everyone doing what they like, how they like, as they like. And the tragedy of this is people are being led all the way to hell. It is not so simple to say you're a Christian and then do as you like and live as you want. No, it is the way of life that God has commanded all who would receive his grace and mercy through the atoning sacrifice of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We simply have to walk in obedience. Apart from that, there is nothing. We don't work to earn our salvation. We have been saved and so we stay you know, within the confines of that salvation that we have been given freely. And that means we live righteously. The righteousness of Christ Jesus has been imputed to us and imparted to us, and we live in it. And we, we keep ourselves holy. We have a part to play, not to earn the salvation or gain it, but to, and not necessarily to remain in it, as in so that we don't lose it, because we cannot lose it, is the completed work of Christ. But we we simply live in that calling, because the reason we are saved in the first instance is that we may be like Christ. We are saved unto Christ-likeness, and this is what we are called to live. We are called to live all the days of our lives. So now we have a lot of men and women who don't know what they're doing. Although they claim they do, they think they do, they do know what they're doing in um, in regards to evil because they do know that they don't have any fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They know. They don't preach salvation because they, that is not their business. As far as they're concerned, they're not there to preach salvation. They have no interest in anyone's souls or, or you know. And uh, their only concern is for themselves. You know, as the Bible says that their God is their belly. They are in it for the money. They are in it to serve Satan, to deceive many. And they are doing such a great job. And what I cannot understand is, in spite of all the warnings we've got in the scriptures, to warn us against these people, so that we can be discerning and know who it is to believe. In the first place, we have no business believing anything that is outside of the Holy Scriptures. If any man or woman comes proclaiming any word that is not in keeping with what is written down plainly, they are not to be believed, and they certainly are not to be fellowshipped with. But we have these men and women gathering thousands and millions of people after themselves for their own purposes, and the people just love the, 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 the nonsense, the blurt out, because the people prefer it. 
you know, these these men and women have no requirement for 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 holiness or for righteous living. All their requirements for the people are usually they they urge people to obey in regards to um, getting money out of them, and they make people false promises and useless promises, and they tell people a lot of nonsense by way of divination, which they like to call prophecy and things like that, and people just love it. And unfortunately, you see, if we are coming to embrace the words of man, however lowly or highly placed they may be, regard you know, irrespective of how much crowd they can gather or their charisma or their clout in society. If we choose to obey their words over and above the words of the Christ who saves us, then we, we, we set ourselves, ourselves up for disaster in the end. Because um, we cannot say we belong to the Lord Jesus when we walk in disobedience. He says somewhere in the Gospels, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do, and you don't do what I say? If I were truly your Lord, you would obey me. And that's exactly how it is. So now, in order for us not to be deceived, because our Lord knew that we would have the adversary of our souls, Satan, he will do everything, and he continues to. He started it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He did the same thing through the ages until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even at the coming of Jesus Christ, he was on his case until all the way up to the cross. And his defeat was sealed in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Lord knew that he would continue his assault. <laughs> you know, against him through those of us who belong to the Lord, and he wonders severally. He's the the apostles after him wonder severally as to what to look out for, how to know the signs of evil, how to recognize false servants, how to recognize false teachers, so that we can stay away from them. We are not under obligation to follow any man. We are under every obligation to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is Lord. There is no other. He alone is deliverer. No man or woman can deliver anyone from anything. The Lord delivers. And he delivers totally. So what, uh, what people, I look around me and it is a very sad picture of people running after and paying obeisance to their pastors they call themselves or prophets or they call themselves overseers or they call themselves bishops. Whatever title they choose to give themselves, they are evil men and women who walk apart from the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for this reason, this was the Lord's final sermon to the general public. You know, the people who went to listen to him then, some of whom will become believers, and some would not, as we know, because the message of the gospel is not very easy for, 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 for men to embrace. But we thank God for the grace to embrace it for those of us who are able to. And uh, so he gave those warnings of things to look out for. And I'm not going to go through it from uh, in Matthew chapter 23. We've studied all the way from verse 1 through to 15. But I'll just recount quickly what we learned in the last uh, session were um, verses um, 11 through to 15. I'll reread I'll re that. Jesus said, The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. That was what, those were the verses we learned the last time, and we established from there, you know, the identity of false servants we have today. They are far from humble. Humbleness is not in their vocabulary. They are very arrogant men and women who stand and lord it over their followers claiming they have something very important or someone very important, claiming or making all sorts of lofty claims about their relationship with God, their power, their anointing, their abilities, their wealth, even. They would even go. Some are so crass to boast about their wealth. And they will boast about what they can do for people, what they, you know, how they can deliver people, how they can en enrich people, how they can empower people, all sorts of things like that. 
servants of God do not speak like that. And these men and women expect, they expect to be served by their followers because they sit as lords over the empires they build which they falsely call church or shall I say fraudulently call church. And they expect to be served. I mean, we know, we see it all around us. How they abuse the people, malign the word of God, how they trample their followers, how they abuse their followers, how they lord it in everywhere over their followers. They're in control of the lives of their followers. They expect their followers to surrender their very lives into their hands. They need to know everything. They have to, the followers must tell them every step they want to take in life and they need to give accent to it or not. You know, they have to have a hand in the choosing of life partners. They have to have a decision in the establishment of businesses and things like that they it's, it's it's so sad you know their followers too like fools that they are because anyone who is not following the words of Christ and following the Lord Jesus Christ is a fool as far as the bible is concerned they are so dependent on this men and women they would not go to a job interview without going to ask pastor or prophet first. They would not pick a life partner without going to ask pastor or prophet first. In fact, there is one, um, uh, the, it's called, um, Inokadeboy. They call him Daddy Geo. I mean, we've established this business of calling people daddy and mommy and father nonsense that Jesus said it is not to happen. But people would rather do it. They prefer to do it because they want to please men rather than wanting to please the Savior and Lord. I'm sorry, but anyone who walks in opposition to the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ does not belong to Christ, does not know Christ. They may imagine they do. They may imagine they're Christians, but they are not. In the Church of Christ, we are all brothers and sisters. Yes, we do respect one another, we love one another, we hold each other, one another in higher esteem than ourselves. This is the, these are the commands we have. That is how we live as Christians, and everyone walks in humility. We do not have a daddy or a father or a mummy or something lording it over us to whom we bow, whose seats we have to wipe before they sit down, whose shoes we have to polish, and, uh, and, and whose homes we go to clean, and, and things like that. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Jesus said, the, great, the greatest among you will be your servant. I have known many wonderful servants of God, many wonderful pastors. I mean, the whole idea of female pastors, if you know a woman who claims to be a pastor in the first place, automatically know you are in the presence of a false servant. Women are not called to pastoral role. We are not, under any circumstance. The Bible makes clear. But again, the people love to disobey God and obey men. So there you go. We've got a whole army of female, of female pastors. And they usually are there blotting out a whole lot of nonsense. Because in as much as they have not been called to the role, the Lord has not empowered them to do it. The same thing with the false teachers. They have not been called. So that's why they come in with their own styles and their own ideas. And they do all these crazy things because they do not have the anointing of God to serve because God has not called them to serve him. Pastoring is not a volunteer position. They are gifts. Pastors, evangelists, well, prophets we don't have anymore and apostles, we've had them. They serve the purpose with the Lord called them then, and we continue their work now. Uh, the pastors and the evangelists we, and, and teachers continue the work they established. No other foundation can be established apart from that laid by the apostles, uh, the apostles and the prophets. That's what the Bible clearly tells us. So we continue the work by you know, uh, preaching and teaching the word that they uh, they gave us, that the Lord gave us through them. So now, that's all there is. It is not a situation where we just come and volunteer, want to be a pastor. And that's what we have a, to, today. Most of the people who claim they are pastors today are volunteers. They're not volunteering because they love the Lord. They're not volunteering because um, they want to serve the Lord. They're volunteering because they want to fill their pockets. They're volunteering because they want to serve themselves. They're volunteering because they want leadership, because they're covetous, because they're greedy. They're volunteering because they're servants of Satan, and they want to fulfill his purpose, which is to bring as many unsuspecting and undiscerning followers to hell as they can. That is what is going on. 
gifted men, uh, the servants who, who, who work within the church, the pastors, the evangelists and teachers, like I said, and the apostles and prophets as we've had them, were gifts, God's gifts, and still are God's own gifts to the church. They are the gifts that Christ gives to his church, gifted men. He empowers these people, all the servants, to serve in the capacity in which they serve. In which they serve. I am not a product of a Bible school. I'm not the product of a Christian home. I'm not the pro, uh, product of any form of evangelism whatsoever. But the Lord, according to his own um, decision and power, brought me from nothing to one who proclaims the gospel. And everything I, I say whether I preach it or I teach it, I know I'm fully accountable for. And so for that reason, I submit myself wholly to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in everything. Uh, because I've had no requirement to go to Bible school or anything like that. I have my own career. I've always had it. And the Lord called me to do this. So I do it with every passion. And every thanksgiving, because it's a, it is an honor to serve the Lord. It is very tough, though. It's a very, very fearful thing, because you've got to be careful of every word you utter. Because, like I said, I will be held accountable. We all are. James said that in James chapter three, from verse one. There said, "Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers." For those of us who do, we will be held very, very accountable. Well. That's the gist of what he said. <laughs> so it's not an easy thing. When I look at all those crazy people who are volunteering as pastors, that's why they do what they do. That's why they're caught in fraudulent activities. That's why they're demonized. That's why a lot of that activities are, are satanic, demonic. They're evil. That's why they rape. That's why they molest children. That's why they, they, they are caught in ritualistic um, activities. You know, bloodshed, murders, and things like that. They're caught in every kind of evil. You will never catch a true servant of God in anything like that. You won't. They're caught in all sorts of things, you know, the um, patronizing of prostitutes and things like that. They're, they're caught in bestiality, homosexuality. They're not servants of God. They're not. We don't have any precedent of anyone called of God doing anything sinful like that after their calling. It's just not done because God himself empowers the servants. But when they're being called, caught in every kind of scandal, I mean, we don't, it's just not done. When they're caught in every kind of scandal, it should be an indication to us that this is not a person called of God. But no, what do the people do? The people side up with them. Their followers side up with them and say, is the devil trying to bring down our daddy's ministry? What utter balderdash. I mean, people cannot come any more blind than that, where you're not discerning enough to know a, servant, a person as a false servant, and then you see God stops them in their tracks and they're caught in their evil activities, and you still back them up and insist, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with them. It's the devil's fault. And they always, of course, always blame the devil. So anyway, going back to that. So we have all these warnings, and the Lord has told us, these people exalt themselves. The Lord said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and they will be humbled in the long run those who don't do it who are not in the world a lot of them have been humbled even now but um you know because they're caught out uh, there's a lot of suffering going on i was watching a video today um that someone posted of a fake pastor trying to perform deliverance on some poor girl who he accused of witchcraft and did he get a beating Oh, he got a beat, the beating of his life. It's not the first time I'm going to see that. Many of them saying they're exercising demons and they're casting out witchcraft from people and the spirits turn. <laughs> the people turn against them and give them a good a good hiding and serves them right as well. Because, you know, we, we, we can see it here. The word of God is living and active. Remember the uh, seven sons of Siva in, in Acts of the Apostles, I think is chapter 19, where, um, you know, the, 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 they went, the seven sons of Siva went trying to exorcise a man who was possessed of demonic spirits. And he said, Jesus I know, Paul I have heard of, but who are you? And he turned on them and gave them a beating. The scripture records they ran away injured and naked. 
That is, I've seen that happen in reality to many people, and I'm sure there'll be many more of it to come from false false servants, false prophets and everything, who, who serve by the name of Satan, that, uh, you know, and, and, and claiming they're serving in the name of Christ, you know, blaspheming the, the holy name of the Lord. And of course, we know that Satan's kingdom is a fallen one because it is a kingdom that rises against itself. Because all his servants, you know, they know, they, they know they, they have no, no fellowship with Christ Jesus. But then they claim they're serving in his name. They know full well that they are serving Satan. And then they purport to cast out demons and things and, you know, that are from Satan's kingdom. So it's a fallen kingdom because it's a kingdom that rises against itself. It will not stand. So now, in verse 13, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. And I uh, said it last week, that last time, that um, indeed these men, as we have established from their activities, from the, their behaviors, as highlighted by the Lord Jesus Christ, do not belong to Christ. They are not citizens of the kingdom of God. And so when they get into, when, you, when they recruit followers, they, um, they, they're shutting the door of heaven in their faces because these people are looking, some of them are looking for salvation. Most of them, unfortunately, I must say, are looking for wealth and for better earthly carnal circumstances. They're looking for life partners. They're looking for business promotion. They're looking for carnal things. So, you know, in that case, people just get, they just get lost anyway. They were never, they were never seeking the light in the first place. They just get deeper and deeper into darkness because the fall for these men and false men and women because of the false promises they hear. But some people are truly seeking salvation who fall victim to these people. And Jesus is saying, look, you yourselves do not enter the kingdom. They have no interest. You know, they're in the kingdom of Satan who gives them wealth and all those things and fame and all that temporal stuff that keeps them serving and keeps them faithful to him. But he shortened the door, the gates in the faces of those who want to enter. It is tragic. And then it says again in verse 15 that you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. And I said then that the reason they can make anyone twice as much a son of hell as they are is because they themselves are sons of hell. They do not belong in the kingdom. Again, that's still continuing for what our Lord was saying. It's still talking to the same people. They are, they, they are sons of hell. And we know what these people do. African churches all over the place established in Africa, but they have got branches across the world. You know, they've got branches everywhere making sure the people do not escape their grasp. You know, Africans who leave the country, uh, continent rather, and travel to the Western world or anywhere else, Asia and all, they are still ensnared by these people who take their so-called branches of their, of their cults with the wrongly called churches. And the people you know, we'll still run to them because they identify with it. It's, it's an African church. It's a black church. I hate hearing those, those sort of phrases. What's a black church? What's an African church? What color did the Lord establish as his own church? The church of Christ is one. We are all the recreation of God. We are all the people of God who belong to Christ. God is the creator of everyone. And in his household, everyone who has received salvation through Christ is a child of God. Regardless of color or race or ethnicity or language or anything, there are no barriers in the kingdom. Salvation came to everyone free and, you know, and fair. As far as God is concerned, if you submit yourself and you repent of your sins and understand that you are hell bound unless you come to Christ in repentance and, and seek forgiveness of sins you know then you are absorbed into the family of God that is how God you know received the sonship and it doesn't matter where you're from which corner of the earth God the earth is the Lord the fullness thereof the world and all who dwell in it so these evil men and women established branches of their so-called churches across the world just to make sure their victims cannot get away and they continue to hold captive all the unsuspecting and undiscerning followers who still follow them just to make sure because they want to be in an African church they want to be in a black church Many people have done themselves a lot of injuries there. I'm not saying they are not corrupt churches in the Western world. There are also their corrupt servants there too. But I am talking specifically 
of the evil that comes out of Africa in this instance. That's what I'm talking about. So they go, they travel far and wide. They're always traveling. They've, you know, except for where they're banned, where they've been, they're denied visas. Like I think the, um, yeah, the bishop, uh, what's he called? David Oyedepo of Winas Chapel, he calls himself. He's been banned from the United Kingdom for the past four years plus, you know, from entering. Thank God for that. And um, I'm hoping many more of such things will happen because they're so evil. They only come out here. They run businesses. They're what they call churches are businesses. And they have no good plans for any of their followers but evil. So these people go around, establish their presence everywhere, saying they're evangelizing. And all they're doing is gathering followers for themselves. Gathering followers for themselves who they make, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, twice as much a son of hell as they themselves are, because their followers do not follow Christ. They name the name of Christ. They mouth the name Jesus Christ. They mouth the words Jesus is Lord. You know, they are taught to say the right things, but their hearts are very far from him. And, you know, we should remember what the Lord, what, what the Lord said in Isaiah there, where he says, these people worship me with their mouths. Their hearts are far from me. The, the worship of me is nothing but rules laid down by men. That is exactly where we are back at today in the church that was then in judaism but now it's exactly in the church you know rules and regulations laid down by the overseers or whoever is pastoring them for them to follow and these are extra biblical totally totally against the word of god you know a very common example i'll give you there is uh, where they are cursing enemies and asking you to curse enemies and and they're helping you to curse enemies saying they're performing deliverance on you and what we have, the command we have from the Lord is to bless those who curse us and bless our enemies. You know, feed our enemies, look after them, love them, love your enemies. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. These false servants don't. And people do not discern it. The people are happy as long as they're helping them rain curses on their adversaries. They're happy and shouting amen. It's a waste of breath and a waste of time and alienates you from God because God is holy. And if we have received God's grace and mercy... Who are we not to, to, to give the same back? And it is of such people that the Lord Jesus Christ said, If you do not forgive men when they sin against you, your Father in heaven will not forgive you when you sin against him. That's the way it goes. And I'm sure we all sin against God far more than any enemy, any perceived enemy can sin against us. So now, let's move on to verse 16. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears, you say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools. Which is greater? The gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. You blind men. Which is greater? The gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. All right, I'll stop there for a second. <clears throat> in those days in the practice of Judaism, swearing was uh, part of their certain practices. You know, this is where God was trying to raise the people to be holy. You know, this is part of the grooming process. <clears throat> they would make vows and things like that. And the, the leaders are saying to them, oh yeah, you know, if you swear by the temple, that's all right. But if you swear by the gold, on the, in the, <laughs> the gold of the temple, then you're very accountable. You know, in the same way, if you swear by the altar, that's all right. But if you swear by the gift on the altar, what does this show? They were more concerned about the material substance the physical material substance as opposed to the spiritual relevance of the of the swearing they were more concerned with the material aspect of it the gold on it the gifts on it these things were more important to them than the actual altar that sanctifies the gift you know <clears throat> or the temple that sanctifies even they the swearers they they weren't so concerned they were, in other words they were very materialistic people they were very materialistic, and that's exactly what we have today. 
only today we don't swear anymore we don't have to swear by anything but i tell you what false teachers they still make their people swear now we know our lord taught us those of us who belong to this era of the church he said yet let your yes be yes and your no no now we walk in integrity because we are righteous children of god we don't have to swear by anything and in fact now it is blasphemous for us to swear by god's throne or by heaven because god is holy and we have the command to be holy because he is holy but we still have it today where for the purposes of thieving false ministers will say to their people oh yeah make, you know make a vow to the lord and make a covenant to the lord and it's always 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 to do with money by the way it's never anything you don't hear them say make a vow to remain holy and you'll never hear them say make a, make a vow to watch to walk righteously from this moment on it's nothing like that it's always material you make the, make this so, so sow this seed in this covenant make that covenant seed sow this seed of faith and all and they consider all that so important so important to the point that some fools will sell people will say to people if you don't pay your tithe you're not going to heaven you're going to hell because you don't tithe but they don't they don't concern themselves with the lifestyles of the people with the unholiness with the sinfulness of the people the unrighteousness the wickedness the immoralities they don't concern themselves with all that they're not interested in all that but we know that today those of us who are christians we are the temple in which god lives by his holy spirit it's no longer a physical place as they had in the days of Judaism where they had the temple in which they went to worship. Now our worship is within us. We are God's temples and living temples. So we who have been sanctified must remain sanctified. We must keep ourselves holy. We must keep ourselves pure. We must keep ourselves clean. But you do not hear false teachers talking about that. They are more concerned about the material things that are going to come out of us. As if God has a greater interest in the money I'm going to give to the fellowship than he has in me walking righteously. You see, they have not changed. The word of God is timeless. And this is what I absolutely love about it. It's completely timeless. They're more concerned. We have got, they've got in their midst. In, in, in Africa. All the, 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 the mega churches we've got. You know, headed by these rogue ministers. They have got in their midst. The thieving, dishonest, unscrupulous politicians. The dirtiest businessmen. You know, drug barons, money ritualists, armed robbers, kidnappers. Oh, they've got them in their midst. And they, nine out of ten times, they are aware of the activities of these people. But that doesn't bother them. They are more concerned about what these people are going to bring financially because these are the highest donors. They are the biggest donors in their churches. They bring millions. I mean, if Inokadeboi can open his mouth like a fool and ask people to donate and mean individuals, by the way. It's not a collective amount. No, no, no. He's asking people, if you can donate a billion naira, go and see my secretary. If you can donate a uh, hundred million naira, go and see what, What's that? Is there not a madman? What kind of work is anyone doing to be ha asking that? And he's saying that the Lord is asking for this. So, is not considered anybody who has got a billionaire to donate in one church service without any prior warning or anything, even with prior warning. But even at that, we, we without prior warning, just because the pastor say is asking it, cannot be someone dealing honestly in his day-to-day -day life, in his activities. But they know, they know, they gather the sort of people among the, you know, in their midst, and they're so happy to have them. You should see them with their, they love having photo ops. We, we, with the politicians knowing full well that these are corrupt and evil men and women who are who, who hate and dis, who absolutely despise the poor not providing anything for the poor but actually oppressing the poor you know all the time and putting them making them suffer all kinds of injustices but they are happy to have them in their church and they give them the special cushion seat even give them the mic to speak I don't know what a madman, a 
crazy thief wants to say to me when I'm gathered it's somewhere supposed to be the house of God but you know it's just as well because this place is another house of the Lord anyway they've got nothing to do with the house of God they've got nothing to do with Christianity nothing to do with holy worship of God they're just auditoriums TV studios set up where this the, the, the leading rogues ply their trade that's all they are so I'm, I'm not begrudging the fact that they let these people in because they're just as bad as one another the fool who is leading them is just as bad as the armed robber sat in his presence wanting to give when you're making speeches so they're a lot more concerned about what comes in as rather than the conduct or the character of the people but is that any surprise they themselves have no integrity they themselves know nothing of holiness or righteousness they are just as bad as one another so there's a lot of emphasis on what people bring and what and they make people swear by and covenants and coming you know make uh, uh promises and they make them make the poorer ones you know issue ious they don't have the cash now well we'll take it later just you know issue ious and they and, and they will even sometimes they will even say if you don't do these things if you don't bring this money if you don't make these donations you know they, they will lay curses there is a lot that beggars belief going on across Africa and it's not just across Africa America is full of them as well there's rogues who who always asking for money and making people make covenants and things like that but we thank God because with any you know uh, today we, we, we leave off of the integrity or, or that we have been we have received or we have developed as part of our Christ-likeness, because of the beauty of the righteousness of Christ imputed to us, our yes is yes and our no is no. We do not need to swear to anything or by anything. But regardless of all that, the message here our Lord is pointing out is God is greater than anything you can bring or offer to him. So it is pleasing God that matters. It is walking in obedience to God that matters. It is living righteously and holy uh, and living holy lives before God that matters not what we bring as an offering or, or, or seed or gift or anything like that no no okay let's continue woe to you verse 23 woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees you hypocrites you give a tenth of your spices mint dill cumin but you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. <laughs> Again, we'll stop there. Now, tithing also was part of the uh, worship in Judaism. It was part of the lifestyle. It was God's way of taxing them. It's not for the church today. I know um, a lot of um, you know, thieving ministers who want to justify collecting and uh, well seek actively seeking tithes in this age will tell you oh look at what jesus said you jesus didn't condemn tithes he said you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former fools they deliberately don't see well i, I suppose i can't say they deliberately don't see they simply don't see what the lord is saying because they do not have understanding they do not have the lord's wisdom so i can let them pass for that but as everything else they do they still although they know full well that is not what the verse is saying you know they know they know they just have to find someone to try and back themselves up and that's the only thing they can find in the New Testament, you see. <laughs> so now, Jesus said, you, um, you give a tenth of your spices. Mint, dill, cumin. <laughs> but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy and faithfulness. Again, we see that the important thing before God is not what you give. It is what you are. Now, the issue here of um, the, the giving a tenth of their spices, this wasn't even their agricultural products. The spices, the mint, dill, and cumin were things, little spices that grew in their back garden. They weren't even, they were not even the agricultural products they harvested, which they should have been bringing tithes of anyway, or, 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 or their farm produce. No, no, these were simple, you know, um, spices used in daily day-to-day -day cooking activities that people grew in their back gardens like people some people still do today you know and they will bring a tenth of that you know <laughs> as far as they're concerned they were working in obedience 
But then, but then they gave all these things, these little seeds, these little seeds and things, thinking they were being obedient to God, they were paying their tithes. Like I said, these weren't even of the works of their hands, not their agricultural produce or anything. If they were doing that well, I don't think they would have been reprimanded in Malachi as they were. Anyway, uh, moving from that, that's not the important thing here. The important thing is the principle behind it. Their characters were not in line with God's holiness. They were wicked people. They were evil people. They, 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 they were, you know, stone-hearted, cold-hearted people who oppressed the poor, who did not give justice to the poor. There were people who did not look, who did not look after the aliens and the widow and the orphans. These are things that God is passionate about to this day. To this day, God is more concerned about our looking after the less privileged of society, the oppressed of society, the abused of society. And I've always said it to people like, look, instead of um, taking all this money you you given to to your wealthy pastors to add to more and more of the millions they've stolen already, why don't you look around you and help some poor people? All of us in Africa must know some poor neighbors or the other. We all must do. Because here, even in the Western world, there are very many poor people. How much more? In the third world, they exist. But our people, rather than take up the child of a, from a poor family and decide to sponsor their education, they would rather put their money into buying pastor's wife a Rolls Royce for her birthday. Or, or, or they, they put the fun into buying pastor's next private jet. Fools. Fools. You think you impress God with that? No, you don't. You're just wasting money. And you get no reward for it. Even though pastor tells you, you will get, you'll be rewarded because one day, you know, because I walked in obedience like that, that's why I've got all this wealth. And if you keep on walking in obedience to me, me being your role model, you know, as you see what I've got, God has given me all these jets and all these estates and all this wealth. If you, do the, if you obey me, you'll get the same. You will not. You will not. Material wealth and material gain is not a reward for our salvation. No. God blesses the works of our hands. We are to learn contentment. He will bless some to be very, very wealthy in the, in the works of our hands. But for some, he will be, you just have enough to live on. Either way, whatever your lot, run over it, be grateful for it, and work with it, and be thankful, and share. doesn't matter what you have. You can always share, you know, what you have. I have a little. So Christ is saying here, you people, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of all that, but you neglect the more important things, the more important matters of the law, which is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. That's what everything was rooted upon. Even the tithes they were supposed to give, the proper tithes, not this business about spices, like I was saying. The, the proper tithes was meant for the less privileged among them. The Levites who served in their, in their temples in those days, they had, God did not give them any physical inheritance of the land they, uh, uh, they went to, the land of promise. And also the, the widows, the orphans, the aliens, those were the people for whom the tithe was meant. You know, the tithe that was meant to be given to the house of God at that time. And he said, you didn't do that. So he's saying, look at you. You, you, you strain you out a gnat, but, but swallow a camel. Now, let's say this. I apologize for this. Got a bit of hay fever problem here. Right. The gnat is a tiny little insect. Pretty much like a fly. Well, probably smaller than that. Way smaller than, <laughs> than a fly. And it was an unclean insect. I wouldn't say, well, animal. You know, in those days they had clean and unclean animals. The camel is the biggest unclean animal. And the gnat was the tiniest. So, uh, from what I've read and heard by those uh, wonderful men who have explored the culture and practices of those days, these uh, the, those Pharisees and teachers of the law in those days and wanting to keep their holiness because they prided themselves in being the custodians of God's law. They wouldn't have anything unclean happen to them, you know, eat or drink anything unclean. Or So when they drank their wine, they would sift, 
sift their, their swallows of wine through their teeth to make sure that little insects that may have, you know, dropped and drowned in the drink, pretty much like drinking palm wine. You know, I, I see that when I drink palm wine when I'm in Africa, you know, where there are flies and little tiny little insects in it. And you sort of strain them out as, or, or blow them away as you drink the stuff. So they did that. Yeah, because they didn't want to touch us or consume anything unclean. But Jesus is saying, because of a wickedness, look at that. You believe in tithing the lead of your, your little, you know, you tie to the point of your little um, uh, seeds, you know. But, but, you are full of injustice, you're full of wickedness, you are, you are full of unfaithfulness. So, you're looking after the small thing and neglecting the bigger things. That's why he said, you swallow a gnat. Uh, you, you you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. That's what that means, because that used to be a puzzlement to me for so many years. I used to think when I just started studying the Bible, what does that mean? What's a, what, what's, how can one swallow a camel straining a gnat? You know. But um, like I said, we thank God for all those wonderful men who take the trouble to recite all those things for uh, so that we can be enlightened. So there you go. Jesus is saying, it is not so important, the smaller things are not as important to God as the bigger things, the matters of justice, mercy and faithfulness and that still obtains today that still obtains today Christians are people of compassion well we ought to be anyway because we have ourselves received mercy we should be merciful we should be people who expend a lot of grace because we ourselves have been saved by grace and we daily enjoy the grace of God we are daily forgiven we are daily uh, shown mercy we're daily blessed daily provided for daily you know protected and we should live as our father he is our father we should be a reflection of his character and that's why we know because the bible makes clear to us in romans chapter 8 from verse 28 to 30 there that the reason we're saved is to be christ-like that he may be the firstborn among many brothers so we're not to think god is so delighted with the things we give him that that we do not look at the character we present before him you know how we live before him he's more interested in our character than in our gifts so now move on to verse 25 oh i think we will finish this today the last three verses now i'm going to read woe to you teachers of the law and pharisees you hypocrites you clean the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence blind pharisee First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This absolutely nails the picture of the false teachers completely finishes them off because this is what you have they clean the outside of the cup and dish i've just seen it nowadays you know i mean you, you get people they all go to these cults that say they're churches the reason they're there is because you know the the leaders manage to gather a lot of crowd people love it they love going to the so-called churches that have crowds that have you know lots of hierarchy and a lot of clout and all those things they love it and you know people even identify themselves now by the name of their church which is a very sad state of affairs i'm a redeemer i'm a winner i'm a this i'm a that i'm a chosen what what are you talking about what are you talking about how about i'm a christian and leave it at that a christian being one who is like christ Exactly. That's what we're called to. That's what we're saved to. That's why we're saved. That's why the Christians were called Christians in the first place. Because they were like Christ. The people saw the life of Christ in them. But now people identify with the name of their crazy pastors. And um, and they want to identify with them. They tell you, I'm a born-again Christian. And I've always said one thing. Don't tell me you're a born-again Christian. I don't need to know you're a born-again Christian. I will know whether you're a born-again Christian. I decide that by your character. Yes. 
let us see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. It's a requirement for all of us. We're called to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last till eternal life. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ said. We have been told the fruit of the Spirit. And that is what the Holy Spirit produces in those who are obedient. In those who are obedient. So we see it. You know, in you. You don't need to say it. But nowadays, the people who go to this crazy ministries, you know, they, they are the ones who will introduce themselves to, am I born again, Christian, am I born again? Don't tell me you're born again. I don't want to know if you're born again. If you're born again, it's for your own good. If you're not, it's to your own detriment. So don't tell me. Let me see it in you. Because many people today say they're Christians, but what they were is still what they are. Or what they are is still what they were. You know, nothing's changed. Except that they go to a place of fellowship of sorts. And they'll tell you, Ooh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a worker in the church, I'm a worker. They take pride in that. And what they're working, what's their work? They're ushers. They're the ones who run around collecting all, all the <laughs> money fraudulently obtained by them, from themselves and others, you know, and count it for pastor and all that. And also, oh, they're busy doing traffic control in the car park while, while pastor is plying his trade in what they call worship. And, you know, nowadays, you know, every other person in such places, every other person is a pastor. They've got pastors coming out of the woodwork in the redeemed Christian church of God. Every fool, there is a pastor, male and female. What's going on? That's nothing to do with Christ. Nothing to do with Christ Jesus. And, you know, it takes nothing. You just have to say it, you know, nowadays. That's why they gain followers, all these servants of Satan. They just have to say it. Just say it. I'm a pastor. I'm a prophet. So, you know, take the Bible, pick out a verse, rip it apart, bamboozle the people with the lies, and off you go. You get followers. Africans, oh, majority of Africans, when I look at them, you know, I think many are beyond redemption. But um, because I know God is more than able to save, I try not. I try to restrain myself. <laughs> And not say that, but believe me, it is what I do believe in my heart. Many of them are beyond redemption because they are just, they have no interest in God and His work whatsoever. They have no interest in Christ and His salvation whatsoever. All they want is things for the here and now. They want more money. They want millions. They want position. They want clout. They want power. They want to see magic, which they falsely call miracle. They want to see magic. They want, you know, they, 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 they just want bigger, better lives now. They have no concern for eternity and I'm sorry unless you understand what a terrible sinner you are you are going nowhere you, you, you simply cannot have salvation forget about the fact that your daddy or your mummy in the Lord as you call them told you so it's not for them to give they do not give salvation and they cannot save you so you either believe the words of the Lord, words of the Lord Jesus Christ the only savior and deliverer and repent of your sin greed is a sin and greed is the reason these people go to church and it's a sin and the man and women leading you who are asking you to sow all these seeds and bring all these monies are greedy. So you see, they do not know the Lord and they do not belong to the Lord, nor have they been sent by him. Okay, so now, he said, um, you clean the outside of the of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and, and self-indulgence. That's what I've been talking about. You know, they tell you I'm born again. They carry, in some places, they even carry a very sanctimonious look. <laughs> when you see them, they hold themselves, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, in the Pentecostal movement, it's, it's, it seems a, it's a very important thing to dress very nicely, you know, put on your Sunday suits and very best and best outfits and things. With Africans, there's a variety of lovely outfits, but the more expensive you dress, the better, because that's how you show the blessings of God. That's what they're foolishly taught. And they love to believe that because that means, you know, they think through by doing that, they're going to force God's hands into, into making them millionaires. What fools. Anyway, so there you go. Inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. That's the reason they're there, because of what they want for themselves. Otherwise, I don't see for the life of me what anyone is doing in any of these false churches. It is not possible for, to be there if you really love Christ. How can you not know that the teachings you've received and the crazy promises are rubbish? Do you not read the Bible? Why am I not a victim of these places? Because for, not for a second have I ever wanted millions and things. You know, 
there was a time when before I knew the Lord, I did want to, I, I, I desired to establish my own company and do this and yeah, become big and own this and own that and become very well known in my industry. Yes, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with ambition, but the trouble is the difference between having ambition and selfish ambition is this, is that when you then know, when you come to know the Lord, you realize that all those things are desired where, you know, they don't do anything for you anyway. You realize now you, you, you have got life that is truly life in Christ. And so those things don't matter anymore. I dropped my ambition and picked up the Bible instead, you know, as led by, by, by the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm so thankful. I've got no regrets. So I don't have millions and I don't have mansions and, and I don't have fame and I don't have the big. I don't need all those things, though. And you know what? My life is so peace-filled and so joy-filled. I don't want all those things. Right. So self-indulgence. People who go because of what they can get, because of what they can obtain, because of what they can attain and what they can achieve. This is Those are the kind of people they carry around because that is the breed that the leaders themselves are. They clean the outside. Christianity is not from the outside in. It's from the inside out, as we will see. It says you t- uh, in verse 27... You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. You know, in those days, they also, uh, whenever the um, festival, was, uh, I think was which of the major festivals it was, um, was coming, I thought it was, was it Passover, um, and people came from all all directions everywhere to Jerusalem they will paint all the tombs you know of the dead people they paint them white for for well for one thing they look better and you know for all sorts of traditional reasons as well but then inside the tombs you know full of dead men's bones it's like going today to tidy up a grave of our loved ones we tidy it all up and everything make it nice and shiny and you know whatever we can do plant flowers and all that but then inside the graves are dead uh, uh, dead people's bones so we say, you know, you're more concerned about these things. You say it's about the outside appearance. What about the inside? He said, in the same way, in verse 28, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. People look at them, my father in the Lord, my mother in the Lord, my father in the Lord, who is a man of God, oh, she's a woman of God. If you're claiming somebody else is a man of God and a woman of God, what are you? You say you're a Christian. So whose are you then? He's a man of God, he's a woman of God, and they're worshipping them, and they're falling before them, and so, oh, don't speak against them, oh, don't say anything against them. They say, what, are they Christ? They are mere men, like everybody else. That's all. That's all I am, a simple preacher, evangelist, that's all. That's the, that's the role I've been put in, in the, in, in, in the, in the church body. That's all I do. You proclaim the word of God. Doesn't make me any special, doesn't make me any different to anybody else. No. Nor does it make pastor any different. No, he is just a mere man like you, another redeemed soul. Although, yes, indeed, we are instructed to hold in high esteem those who share the word, those who work, because these people, everyone who proclaims the word of God, who is truly sent of the Lord, of course, is you know that they serve as the, as those who are accountable for every soul to whom the minister before God. And so, yes, we respect them. But we do not put them in the place of Christ. Nor do we put them in the place of God as to call them Father, as people do. It is not done. It must not be done. It is done, unfortunately, but it must not be done because our Lord Jesus Christ said it. So in wrapping all this up, you know, Jesus is saying, be more concerned about what character from the inside is saying there. You know, Christianity works its way out of us. We become who we are by the grace of God. And our character changes from the inside. The renewing of our minds, Paul said, the apostle said in, in Romans 12, chapter uh, from chapter 1 there. Let me find that very quickly. Let me close with that. Paul said, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You see, it starts from the inside. When we repent, 
we turn over a new leaf. We have a complete change of heart, a complete change of mind. And God gives us a new bath and we become a completely different person. We're still the same person, but we're born again now in the spirit of God. And all we want to do is obey our Lord, our master, our savior, our God. Not obey men because men can lead you in error. Any man who teaches you anything that is not in line with what is written in scripture is not speaking from God. He's not a servant of God. And you know all these warnings are there. We've done three hours of study in Matthew 23 verses 1 to 28 just to know what the Lord said we must and mustn't do. What we are to look out for. How we are to recognize false teachers and false servants. And we will do well for our, you know, to, to obey. It is for our own good. It is for our own safety. And I pray that the Lord will bless everyone with discernment that we need. And help us. You know, the Holy Spirit, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will illuminate our hearts, our minds, our intellect, our eyes. And help us attune our ears to the voice of our Savior only. That we may know that which is right from wrong. And walk only in a manner pleasing to God so that our lives may be received by the Lord and accepted by the Father as living sacrifices of praise bringing glory unto him as we grow daily in Christ likeness thank you for watching thank you for listening God bless you